Welcome to the Liberty Mindset. Come and explore some of the ideas and issues facing our liberty. 2022 is an election year. As libertarians, we ask that you consider voting in the Liberty Mindset. Welcome and thank you for your time. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Liberty Mindset. Uh, we're here live on Colin and YouTube, and this will be our morphed into a podcast on Spotify, Apple, and all the major platforms later. Morpheus said, you take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and you show how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is where the red pill revolution starts, not in the fictional matrix with some incredible effects, but the introduction poses the question, are you ready for the red pill? Well, are you? Today, we talk with John Gusty, co-author of The Red Pill Revolution and Devout Agorist, according to his bio. Welcome, John, and thank you for joining the Liberty Mindset. Can you expand a little bit on who you are? Ah, well, first of all, the obligatory thank you for having me on, and, and uh, I know everyone's time is precious, and so I will treat it as such. Um, who I am, I um, I've kind of got a split personality. I'm, um, uh, as we were joking uh, beforehand, uh, before the cameras were rolling, I am uh, forever a 14-year-old kid on a skateboard that loves records and rock and roll, specifically punk rock. Um, and I've just always been, I, I think, you know, some of this stuff is in, is, is in our DNA, and I've just always gravitated towards independence. Um, I do not like to be controlled. And that's not in an arrogant way. That's not to say I was a bad kid. I was never in the principal's office growing up. Um, I, I, I don't have, I don't have any sort of a police record, you know, I mean, my friends and that, that know me, um, I hope would consider me a very stand up guy. Um, I just don't want to be controlled. Uh, the other side of that coin is I don't want to control anybody else. And uh, so I always gravitated towards um, earlier in life. That was kind of the punk rock ethos. Um, I later in life realized that that's actually the um, one of it's just the essence of anarchy. So at the end of the day, I'm an anarchist. Um, and, 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 and I say that um, just like lots of other terms like conservative, like Christian, like liberal, like the, a lot of these terms have been co-opted by corporate mainstream media forces and turned into meanings that they are literally the exact opposite of. When I say anarchist, I've been part of a very, very organized anarchist community worldwide for the better part of half of my life. And every single anarchist I've ever met goes by two ethos. And, and, and it is no masters, no slaves. And I think that's a really, really easy one for most people to to wrap their heads around. I don't want to control you. And I don't want to con be controlled. Um, that isn't to say that I want, I think a lot of, um, you know, Fox News and CNN and, you know, the, the, the rest of the mainstream crap. Um, have always portrayed anarchists as like this out of control. Um, I mean, yeah, look at the whole, you know, Occupy movement and all of that. That's not anarchy. I've never met any anarchists that behave like that. Um, at the, the, the anarchy community I've met have been people who respect if, if, if I'm asking to be an individual and my individual opinions and liberties and rights and whatever, you know, entitlements or whatever are to be respected, then I have to allow that exact same courtesy to my fellow, uh, people. Mm -hmm. and, and so, um, and anarchy, the anarchist community is the closest thing I ever found. It, they actually, strangely enough, behave the way that I would have thought churches behave. Um, but the churches that I have observed and been part of don't behave that way. It usually tends to be exactly the opposite, where it's kind of self, either selfish driven or there's some sort of dictatorship doctrine that must be adhered to that that type of thing. But um, so I, at the core of the at the core of everything, I'm an anarchist. I, I believe that um, no masters, no slaves. I also believe in the non-aggression principle. There is no um, there's no appropriate time for me to get aggressive with you or anybody else unless my literal life is being threatened or the life of 
somebody that I care about or I'm concerned mm-hmm. about. Um, that is the only time that aggression is 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 really um, applicable and, and and proper. And uh, and that's not to say that I'm a you know I I, I just turn over for anything. I'm quite the opposite. I'm my, my that favorite body part is my middle finger, and I'm and I'm not afraid to use it. And uh, and I'm my my hope is that um, if in some small way I might inspire others to 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 use it because I think one of the biggest uh, what pieces of weaponry we all have in our arsenal is just the simple ability to say no. I'm a huge huge component. Uh, I love that consent. The topic of consent is probably uh, one of my biggest passion mm. topics, and so I'm a big consent guy. Well, and, you know, we're, we're going to get that tested again. Apparently, the Justice Department today filed an appeal to have masks brought back on planes. Um, the Federal Department of Justice, that was one of the things they did uh, this week. Also, um, you know, they are trying to get us back into the COVID mode as it's looked like in 2021. Um, so we're going to have our opportunity to fly the middle fingers freely all over the world, all over the world again, I think you know, coming up. I'm surprised it didn't, I'm actually surprised it didn't happen during the fall of last year. Um, you know, in the book, you have a really nice, there's 11 chapters. I love the way they were formatted, Thank but you. the middle three, um, and especially um, attention, the one on attention, mm, um, yeah. to me was, was, was like the meat of the whole issue. Now, part of the joy of it was is that a as a you know s- severely obese old fart um i uh um you know who acknowledges that it is not some magical thing that caused me to get this way you know i acknowledge that it is in the long run my fault how i got here um so but so there was parts of your the book were not at all hard to swallow as it were um, that wasn't an intended joke, but it works. And uh, the other part of it was, you know, it's just like it was just reminded me how far I let things go. What are some things you found in becoming this agorist, this anarchist that, you know, you, you've used your attention to uh, your, your attention to come back into reality and to become the free thinker you are? I don't. Well, I don't know that I ever wasn't a free thinker. I just don't think that I always understood the source of why I'm a, a free thinker. And, and and I really do think that it comes down to, I mean, we're just, we, we are all wired a certain way, you know, and, and it's, you know, I think anybody that's, I'm a huge dog owner. I love, I, I love my dogs. And, and I think anybody that has, has ever owned a dog or, 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 or even a cat, no disrespect to the cat people out there, but man, they ain't dogs. Um, <laughs> uh, anyone that's ever owned a pet, you, you can, you, like, I have two dogs and they're so completely different personalities. I mean, you know, I joke, you know, my, I, I, have, I have an all black, long haired German shepherd and she is like um a fair faucet circa 1977 you know just just she's beautiful she's pretty she knows it and that's all she needs to get by on you know she's not she's not super super bright or aggressive she kind of just stands in the room and goes i'm pretty and everyone knows that and give me some bacon and i i have a husky that is uh, about the same age they're both females and my husky is more like joan jet my husky mm-hmm. is just like you know <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm gonna come up i'm gonna sniff you and, and and we're gonna get to know each other and and it's either gonna be good or it's gonna be bad but you know so, so like we're just wired differently and so i've always been a free thinker i just don't i don't think i always understood why i was i just knew that um i watched a lot of people around me just fall into line um it's it's i've always been fascinated by what people do why they do it and what makes them do what they do and 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 i think it goes without saying um the 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 last uh the the events of 2020 forward have been uh have been just for, for for people like myself and i would imagine probably a lot of people listening and watching to this have been just my goodness it's it's been the uh, the manifestation of like a lot of things that we've always known and suspected but then you see it playing out in real life and and, and it's um it's odd it's odd to watch mm-hmm. you know and 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 I, and I will say um uh just for for the sake of this conversation um i come to the events 
of 2020, um, my wife, Dawn, uh, been married 20 plus years. Um, my wife, Dawn, was um, years ago, uh, when I, before I met her, diagnosed with what she was told was multiple sclerosis. Uh, my wife hasn't taken a step on her own in over 15 years. She's been confined to a wheelchair. And um, I, uh, we didn't start playing the virus a uh, blood cellular behavior game in March of 2020, like a lot of people have. We've been playing it for 20 plus years for real mm -hmm. because it wasn't about masks or getting on planes or any of that crap. It was about keeping her alive and, and, and well. And so um, I have a lot of um, well-founded hard opinions on how that whole narrative played out because um, from from my perspective, I watched a lot of people swallow hook, line, and sinker a um, a well-crafted narrative that was corporately driven, and um, and 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 it's 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 one thing to get sheeple or lemmings, whatever term you want to use, to go from point A to point B just to move position, but when you're asking them to take part in activities that is actually causing them physical harm and death in a lot of cases, um, whole different ball game. So I've got some pretty strong opinions as to what, what happened, how it went down. And, um, and, and, and they're not done they're not done with that, with that narrative by any means. That was, you know, I will, I will say, uh, for anyone that was, thinks that, uh, um, 2020 was, I don't know, some sort of beta test. I would I would argue that the uh, the late 80s, early 90s with Fauci and the AIDS scam mm -hmm. scam there was 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 I think that was the beta test. And well, yeah, I mean, Fauci tried to claim that AIDS was airborne and you could get it from your cereal box. I mean, these were serious things that he put forward. Oh, in the I 90s. Know. Yeah. well, and let's let's just, you know, as we because obviously the uh, the topic of viral and viruses is, 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's in, it's in our vernacular. Now we can't not talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I do want to say for all intents and purposes of this conversation, um, I can speak directly to the statement that I'm about to make. So if anyone would like to challenge it, um, the, I think that the, the, the burden would actually lie upon the challenger, but we don't even have a general consensus on what viruses are. There is no scientific consensus. Mm -hmm. uh, there are lots of theories. There's lots of video with lots of people pointing to things and floating around in blood and, and, and around cells. And they're saying, well, that's a virus. Well, that's a virus. Um, there are an equal number of people that will go, no, it's not. It's something else and can explain it quite eloquently. So we don't even know. There isn't a there, there isn't the, the term virus at this point is theoretical and vague at best. No one's ever been able, and, and this is something, this is an absolute truthful statement that I would challenge anybody to challenge. Well, Nobody, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna challenge it, but I'm not this going is Sheila. to validate it. Yeah. Uh, this, okay, well, 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 this is Sheila uh, Dean, she's one of our frequent callers and have at it, girl, go say something. Well, right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to have a personal radio with somebody who has it. Uh, you know they're entitled to their opinions, but I don't. I don't necessarily want to to authenticate or validate his claims just because he is speaking. And I just wanted to. Oh, totally that. fair. No, that's 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 totally fair. That's why I posed it as a challenge and not a statement. Um, the now I'm making the statement, but I'm also attaching it to a, to a challenge. There has never been any individual organization entity of any kind that has ever proven the existence of what they claim to be a virus behaving pathogenically in a natural setting meaning the human body and being able to transfer from that human body into another human body and remain behaving pathogenically that has never been proven by anyone and we have at the redpillrevolution.com we have an open and and we are far from the only one that's ever made this challenge we have an open challenge if if and we want to learn oh so the red pill revolution is a journal is it a publication it's what a book it? it's a book it's a book oh, and it's it, a and book it, yes 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 and, and it's also a website where we curate what 
um, we believe to be interesting and important pieces of pop culture, quote unquote, news, because I think news in and of itself is an arrogant term. What is news to me might not be news to you. And for any one entity to claim that they are the news, I think is arrogant at best and maybe manipulative at worst. Um, but um, well, but yeah, 15 no. minutes. That's 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 all I got for this conversation. <laughs> so if we're going to get to the to the red pilliness, let's let's just go. Huh? Sheila, you're in a mood today. Well, I'm just letting you know there's a limited time only. I understand. Um, in reading the book, um, John, I was uh, interested in some of the things I, I may have a disagreement with, and I'd like to bring some of those up. Absolutely. Sure. One of the things on page 122 you talked about, um, I have a real thing about this, feelings versus thought. Uh, let me get the exact um, and also there was some hints that you thought that maybe truth was kind of a relative thing. And that one, I don't think we disagree on. I just think it was the phraseology that got mm. me. But uh, on 122, it says, however, be careful because we often misuse the word feel when we mean the word think. Mm. And for me, those are two totally different things, um, feeling and thinking. And I think that is part of our societal problem is that people are so busy feeling they are doing no thinking. Um, and the reason I think that is, is because from what I understand uh, in my studies of the brain, as it were, you know, the feelings come more or less out of the medulla and the thinking comes more or less out of the cerebellum. So are, are you indicating that people are mistaking their feelings for, 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 clear, for clear thinking or... or Give me a clue on what it, that really yeah, is. It, it is it it is kind of a kind of a jaggy line to walk because you know feelings are pure emotion. Mm -hmm. Whereas thinking can happen devoid of emotion. Mm -hmm. Like you you can you you can you can form thoughts and, and thought patterns devoid of emotion. So I think. I think the the emotion piece of that is the 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 piece that is it's the separator. So um, sometimes, and and my, my wife and I have 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 a pretty fun back and forth with this very topic. Is she tends to think with a with all her her thinking is all emotional, and my thinking is non emotional, and and neither neither one is right or wrong it just they, they they take different paths and so her emotional thinking result have have different results than my non-emotional thinking and, and and where i'm using her and i as an example is sometimes my non-emotional thinking could use a bit of emotion to inform <laughs> a better thought process. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I think they're joined at the hip. Um, but I think the, the, the point that, the, that we're trying to make in the book, and please keep in mind, um, there are five of us co-authors, um, and I am the only one of the five that is, U is based in the U.S., the other four are U.K. So there is a, there is a bit of a, there, there, there are some cultural things that needed to be melded and there are some vernacular things that needed to be melded and um if i would have single-handedly wrote that particular part um where it just represented the way that i would have wrote it i don't know that um i don't know well i, I still think that it's it's po that it, it's it's there on paper i'm not you know not proud of what's there on paper but i i, I may have personally queued it up a little a little differently because i think that I think that e emotions and thinking are, are 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 joined at the hip, but the difference is thinking can take place without emotion. Um, I don't think emotion can take place without thinking. Well, I, I I don't think that we have a choice in whether or not they are separate. They they both. Yeah, we can only theorize about it. Voluntarily in the ecosystem, it's just what you know. In a civil society, we really want to have control over our worst impulses and in context of like what is true what is false i find that the challenge today and the environment that we live in 
is that there's an autocrat saying, okay, my, my need, my impulse to suppress your rights is greater than uh, the need to, to do what is, is lawful or right. I, I totally agree with where, where you're going. Um, I would also add, though, and it kind of gets to another chapter, is yes, that is absolutely happening. The, those autocrats are doing that, but we don't need to give them our attention. And it's through our attention that they gain their power to do the very thing that you're, well, you're well, It just so happens that they were doing it in the complete dead of night. And it happened anyway. So whether my attention was on it or not, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess, may, I'm sorry, I, I didn't, I didn't clarify. I didn't clarify myself, uh, I, and, and that, that, that's on me. I'm, I'm sorry. By, by attention, I mean acknowledging their, their, their very importance at all. I don't. Um, I'll give, I'll give you a good example. Um, a lot of people will refer to whoever is current CEO of Corp USA, yeah, Incorporated. Um, as as our president, and um, I don't, I per- personally, I don't have a president. Um, that's referring to a commercial entity, and and I am not, I'm not ruled over by any commercial entities that I haven't consented to. So I haven't consented to that commercial entity, and so by by giving them our attention, I mean I'm I'm even acknowledging their their very purpose or value at all. Well, um, you know, I'm, I'm, it's still a little circular. We're dealing with the World Economic Forum. You know, they, they don't care what you care about. And, what's I, and, I, and I don't care that they exist because they don't affect my existence one iota. Well, I, I mean, they do affect my existence. When I have to spend a large chunk of my week combating government mandates for national identity initiatives so that we don't have a goddamn checkpoint state using my telephone. That's a problem for me. And how it's not a problem for you is is interesting. But by and large, everybody else is dealing with the World Economic Forum and bad policy, bad AI policy. And I'm not above it. I'm not above inflation. I'm not above other other problems that are here in the real world. And Unfortunately, you know, we're not all going to migrate to Colombia and live in the weeds with with an anarchist collective, dude. That's not going to happen. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that I'd want to live in an anarchist collective either, and and, and I don't. Um, I actually live in Nashville, Tennessee, and there's there's lots of, uh, you know, there there is lots of metropolis um, and other things around me so so yeah so i, I don't want to give the impression i also that happen to have a quibble you know because just because it has an anarchist title on it doesn't mean it means what we think it means so there get some art our, our orwellian grist there's some orwellian gravy on the whole anarchist thing yeah and, and i i actually consider myself an agorist which is you know it's 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 maybe a subset of of anarchy but it's a little more refined subset of anarchy so just consider well, um refined uh, or not i i need to explain that after living in the pacific northwest for 10 years no no yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you're you're, yeah. you're in the battle zone those sure. are anarchists they are anarcho-communists mm. they're anti they say they're anti-capitalist but they're just they're just black block anarchists. They're destructive as hell, and they don't yeah, care yeah. about what I care yeah. about. And they they yeah. think I'm a bad person because I stop at stop signs. If there's um if there is any individual uh, claiming to be an anarchist that is messing with any individual or that individual's property, then I would argue that's not an that's a, that's exactly the opposite of what an anarchist is. Well then, there shall there should be there should be Mr. Red Pill, a, a an anarchist convention quartered in in that area. There there is Maybe there is it's called an Acapulco and it happens every year in Acapulco, another, Mexico. What in anarchism should and should not be because when it's at the head of the Libertarian Party, it can't go forward. We don't yeah. represent anarchy. No, I, I understand, and there, and there is a convention. It's called an Arcapoco. It takes place every year and has for many, many years. Uh, in February, every year in Acapulco, Mexico, I've been there 
been an attendee many times. In fact, I've uh, I've had a chance to sit and chat with uh, people such as Ron Paul, um, and and, and had um, you know uh, just wonderful exchanges of ideas and, and and information. So it is, yeah. You let you you are if you're in the Pacific Northwest, um, you are definitely. You know, I, I can understand why you feel the way you do, and I com- I completely. Uh, yeah, I, I trust me. I, I get it because I've got I've got a ton of of dear friends that l- live up there or have lived up there, and yeah, it's 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 a different bet. Please understand that the world that you live in is a very different world than what I live in here in Middle Tennessee, and and I recognize that, and 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 I I see people behaving badly, and I see people behaving badly under banners that I, I wish they 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 wouldn't. I I wish you know honestly. To just and maybe this strikes a chord with you in a positive way or not, but at the end of the day, man, I've known, I know, I've been conservative my entire life, and I say conservative as when you take things like rights, liberties, entitlements, personal property. Like I'm very conservative in giving any of that away to a third party. That is the actual meaning of conservative, and the meaning of liberal is you'd be very liberal in giving that, those things away to a third party. So I look at at I look at like anybody when I see somebody who identifies as a Republican saying that they're conservative, that's offensive to me because that's that they're they're not conser- they're literally the literally the dictionary definition. I you have two minutes with me, and then I've got to go. Okay. You have two minutes. What are your actions? I mean, being offended is something that the left does, you know, when they get up after they eat their cereal and maybe four times before they eat the cereal. Okay. Being offended. My, my, my anger is not precious. There's, there's a lot of competing anger on Mm -hmm. the internet. Mm -hmm. You follow me? Like, yeah, absolutely. A lot of competition for your, for your, for your dirty little angle, anger, mine. And then, Eight gazillion people trying to get get a get a like or a, something on the internet. What makes your anger so special? I first of all, I'm not angry. Uh, I I sure hope I haven't come off as an angry person. I'm not angry at all. I think it's I think anger is kind of it's oh, anger is my my bad my bad. You know it's it's anger. I just kind of interchanged it to offended. Okay, so what makes my uh, m- my offense? different than any other offense is that what is that your question yeah what what's what's the uh what's the the flavor of your savor um i try to take what offends me and channel it through um creative and positive ways uh as to and in my particular instance i choose to make content and when i'm not making content i curate content and I try my best to put that content in the paths of people that I think it might be useful for. That way, instead of being a Nan, you know, some sort of a Karen or Nancy online pointing fingers telling people what they should or shouldn't be doing, um, I don't do that at all. I, in fact, I don't even have a social media presence. Uh, I, I just don't. It's kind of narcissistic well, to me. I have I, a social media presence, and I do the exact same thing. I got to go. That's a good point. All right. Well, thanks, Sheila. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate your time. I'm going to bring on Leon now. He is a caller who is waiting in the queue. Yeah. Okay, Leon, you should be able to unmute yourself. I can't hear you, but I know you're unmuted. There we go. There we go. I heard some. Now try it. Leon, are you there? Top of your status bar, red microphone, right click and allow. Nope. Okay. He hung up or he jumped. Um, and boy, Sheila was a firecracker today. Um, Gosh, I, 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 in all due respect, uh, I, I hope nothing. I wasn't trying to offend her. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I and, and I and I can appreciate her passion, and I really, really do 
understand, um, man, I've got some dear friends that live in the Portland area. Well, she and, actually doesn't anymore. She has left. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I don't but, know how but, much but, she wants me to share. Yeah, no, but, um, but, but, but I know that I, I can tell you, it's, it, it's like people who live in LA. It's like, it's, it's a whole, I don't think most people walking the street understand what is happening in those epicenters of, um, just, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just boot. I mean, they're, that 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 whole Pacific Northwest has a boot on on it, like 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 unlike most. Oh areas. yeah, well actually, I live in Oregon. Um, I live just south of Portland and Hillsboro. Um, and I relocated from San Diego, California. So you know, it's just a different world up here. Yeah. Vlad left too. I was about to call, bring him in. Um, well, one of the things you know that, and back to the back to the book because, like I said, it was really fascinating. And the book is a red pill revolution for anybody who's joined later. Oh, and Leon's willing to try again here. Hold on. Leon round two. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. I heard yes. clicks. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Hey. Okay. I was, I was trying and, uh, you know, it's, it's always about the technology for some stupid reason. Anyway. Um, here's um, this is this is my issue with with what was said um i am a believer that there are primary emotions and secondary emotions and the primary emotions are things like fear which are instinctual and you don't really think about choosing them and then the secondary emotions are things like happy and sad and anger and, and you know, other emotions that you actually have to think about something for at least a, a microsecond and then choose. So when you tell me that feelings are, 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 are a different type of thinking, I can agree with that. But my problem is, is that I don't have to think that way. And if I am thinking that way, it's because I was trained to think that way. And that's where the problem is. Oh, I, I personally agree with you. So I'm not willing to say that people think using a specific part of their brain as a matter of what's the word I'm looking for? as a matter of uh, that's just the way they are they were taught how to do that they were taught to think in terms of how their feelings are approached and they don't understand that at certain times they need to use feelings and at certain times they need to not use feelings and that's where our problem becomes we have to retrain ourselves so that we can think in both ways at the appropriate times and we should think in both ways at all times. I I actually agree with 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 exactly. I mean, I think Leon kind of kind of nailed it. Um, I would I would add to that. I think we're taught not to think in a lot of instances. Um, the only thing Leon that I would maybe disagree with you um, kindly on is is I don't think that there's any. I, I personally don't think that there's any difference between you you identified fear as a. I think you used the word primary feeling and um i don't think fear is 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 any different than any other feeling i mean i think i, I again I, I will i will point to the events of 2020 onward there's a lot of people choosing fear there and, and that's just one one example uh, that's just one example but i but i do think you can choose to be afraid and um I, I don't i mean i can't i can't speak for anybody but myself but in my life i've watched a lot of people choose to be afraid so I do think fear is a choice. And I, and I will agree with you on, on, on with, with the caveat that fear is an, is an initial response uh, through the concept of evolutionary use. We, are, we're, we have an instinct to fear things for a specific amount of time until we can identify them. And at that point, then it becomes a choice. Once we have identified that there's a threat, we can either choose to be afraid of it or we can yeah. choose not to be afraid. Yeah, I think you're just, you're describing the whole process of understanding. Yeah, once once you have understanding, then maybe that fear turns to something else. Well, it, it, for well, you you want to talk about the the recent um endemic issue. Um when 
I, I'm going to just state, I had it before it was cool. Everybody was still calling it racist um, when I had it. We did not call it a pandemic at that point. I had it before the Chinese New Year thing happened. I had it when Maxine Waters was screaming that it was racist not to attend Chinese New Year uh, because Donald Trump was, was saying that we need to do something about this now, otherwise it's going to get out of control. <laughs> so I, having the problem and having been following the problem when it broke in November of 2019, I went and said, well, what is this? How does it affect people and what can be done about it? Almost immediately before it was a huge issue. I said, what, what's going on? And I noticed that the media was portraying it as something that was incredibly deadly and it was going to wipe out the, the population. And then I noticed that um, the, I can't remember his name, the guy who was part of the, the, the epidemiologist who was part of the, um, the team, who led the team, that maybe it was an epidemiology. The guy who figured out the, the, the potential statistics um, at Occidental College released a thing, got his media 15 minutes of fame, got called out because people pointed out one specific thing, that it was only discovered in Wuhan, China. It doesn't That's not necessarily where it originated. That's not necessarily when it originated. It just happened to be discovered there at that particular time. So it probably had been all over the world already. And there were a lot of people who were already exposed and we could not really account for that in the, the discussion of what the statistics were going to be. At that point, he goes, oh yeah, you have a point. He changes the math, goes back to the drawing board, changes the math and says, oh, I was totally wrong about this ends up in front of parliament because he's at Occidental College, which is in the UK, for people who don't know. He ends up in front of parliament testifying that his numbers were wrong by orders of magnitude. And it was going to be more like 50,000 people dead, not 5 million. Mm -hmm. And at yeah. that point, the media stopped talking about him and stopped talking about any other statistics that, that were coming out because all of the people who were putting out statistics trying to get their 15 minutes of fame had all gone to the, back to the drawing board and said, oh yeah, we forgot about that. And I, and I would argue that that is, the, that is the case because that whole narrative was rooted in the germ theory. And anyone, any one of us right now can go to Wikipedia and look up germ theory. And the second word there is theory. It has not been proven. Uh, back to an earlier statement that that I made, it has it has not been proven that any of the again we don't even have a consensus on what a virus is, and so it's it all of this stuff is theoretical, and so these people who are throwing out statistics on this stuff are throwing out statistics on theories, not not anything that is that is scientifically provable or even mathematically provable. And so um, I, I think that's why that particular you, that part of that narrative that you you really you illustrated quite well, um, yeah, it, it fell apart and got buried real quickly because I, I I think the people I don't know I'm I'm a content creator I'm also a writer and so I understand narratives and I, I I'm 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 constantly um, I guess just personally and privately amused that. The people that are crafting these narratives at the highest of levels, um, if we want to give them that much credit, um, they're not they're not real good writers. They're they they they, they a lot of these narratives are, are have have holes and unexplainable plot twists, <laughs> and it's just it's it's not it's it's not it's not very it's not creatively put together very well. When you play the same record over and over, and you forget to pick up the needle to reset where you started. You're going to end up with holes in the, in in the narrative because you're going to have that scratch that goes across everything. So it's going to go. This is dangerous. This is dangerous. This is dangerous. This is dangerous. This. Okay, you get the idea. So oh, that's totally. the problem. They they stayed on the fear mongering narrative, 
Well, because because fear, like you like you mentioned, fear is a huge weapon. Fear, fear fear is super important, and I think that's why you even you led with that. You let you identified fear as like, like you even you use the word primal. It's like fear is an enormous weapon, and and they know it. It's tool. Yeah, they use. I worked in the law enforcement industry, and if I wasn't using fear, I wasn't doing my job. Yeah, I literally would go to somebody, scare the Jesus out of them to force their compliance to what I was want, wanting them to do. I was, I was a renegade. It wasn't like I was arresting people. Yeah. But man, you, you, man, man, it was the boot. I Leon, was you, boot and I fear the boot. You just said something that I think is so freaking huge. You used fear to get compliance. And man, that is that recipe right there. Fear to get compliance that I wish more normies understood that equation in order to get compliant. Well, the, the, the fastest way to get compliance is, is through fear. I mean, you could get compliance through respect, but fear is a much more effective and you're going to net more through fear. And, and um, man, I appreciate you even uttering those words because I think it's a huge piece. It's definitely a huge piece of, of the book. It actually is. There's, and one of my favorite things is I love the fact that you pulled out an ant's life in that book talking about the grasshoppers and controlling the ants and you're talking about the documentary the ants life yeah the ants life the documentary by pixar um yeah no and and you know one of the the the, the chief grasshopper has to educate his his minions that if they don't um control the ants you know if they don't keep control of the ants and keep them afraid then they lose because and as the end of the movie iterated hopefully i'm not giving anything away for anybody but you know if you're outnumbered 101 you know volume does does have a certain amount of winning um gamers gamers call this a zergling rush yes Uh, yeah and and you know what and you know what that that is it that like that that whole concept like we all individually have that power to 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 say again I, i just i sum it up and just the power to say no but we have the power to, you know, there's a lot of us ants out there. Mm-hmm. And 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 I just don't think enough of us ants realize the power that we have. Leon, can I the- get you to let, let Brady have a chance? Certainly. Thank hey, you. Leon. Hey, hey, thank you, Leon. I appreciate, man. Uh, thanks for bringing up some awesome points and uh, contributing to this. Appreciate you very much. Thank you. Okay, now, there we go. All right, Brady, you should be able to unmute yourself now. Yeah, sorry, IDK, maybe. I don't know why you couldn't hear Leon. Uh, We could hear him fine. Brady, are you still there? And I'm Brady, if you unmute yourself, you can talk. Event and tell then. Justice is something you talked about, and there's there is mention of forgiveness of past wrongs or even not worrying about what happened in the past, which I have a certain amount of tre- trepidatious respect for. Uh, I really think that blaming people for everything, well said, you know, um, is a, is a, you know, blaming people, blaming the past for everything now. Yes, it had an influence, but blaming it is, is really not, uh, you know, not a way to go. But my question is, is how do we have or, or promote what is actual? And I don't mean, the current definition of justice. I mean, the 17, the 1825 Noah Webster definition of um, justice, meaning something where a person is actually responsible and, 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 you know, is, is for their own actions. Um, How do we balance the idea of, of, you know, walking away from the terrible things because there are terrible things that have happened. Yes. Um, I mean, I think history is important because we have to acknowledge those things. so We don't do them again. But I'm a little concerned about some a lot of folks taking the direction of and the of saying, well, you know, just forgive me and we'll move on. Where, you know, I'm, you know, I, I'm a, as a Christian, yeah, forgiveness is part of it, but you know, repentance has to be part of that whole thing. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. So where do you find justice in, in an agorism, ag agoristic society? I, I, first of all, fantastic question. It's, it's actually not just a question. It's a whole topic. I mean, we could take up a whole hour on just that, this thing alone. Yeah, we can come back again sometime then. <laughs> but no, but, but, um, but, but justice, um, uh, well, let me start here. Would you agree that currently, like the, the current pop culture, the way that it exists right now, we, is it a fair statement to say we might be marinating a little bit in narcissism? Uh, no, it's a fair statement to say we're drowning d desperately in narcissism. <laughs> All right. So, so that being said, um, I think justice is not um, immune to narcissism, and and I say mm -hmm. that because I I could um, I will okay I'll give a re I'll give a very real a real um, I won't reveal names or anything like that, but I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Um, I have a past relationship um, with a woman uh, that w did not go well and ended poorly. And um, there is a, there was a child involved in that relationship. And um Although I hated the fact that my child was reduced to a commercial um, entity at that point, I didn't know legally and lawfully what I knew now to, to be able to navigate the system the way that I would do it now. But um, thankfully, the system spat it out that I ended up with custody of my child. And the individual with whom it ended ugly with um, continued to be ugly. Um, and Maya, who became my current wife said that that relationship, she was the one that grounded me. She said all of that anger was financially driven. And that when my child turned 18, that that anger would go away. And lo and behold, when my child turned 18, that individual stopped being so angry because there was no financial gain there. And I had a lot of um, I can't tell you the number of Jerry Springer level scenarios that I wished had not entered my life and that of my child, but I could not keep so the, Jerry Springer, oh, <laughs> but I couldn't keep it away. I did my best, but mm -hmm. I couldn't keep it away because there was somebody else in the equation that was acting that way. So I wanted justice. I wanted justice. And for a short period of my life, I got consumed with wanting justice mm -hmm. until I realized that what I was doing was very self-centered, narcissistic, like I wanted justice. Well, it sounds like, and, so, and this is an assumption on my part, it sounds like you wanted revenge versus justice. Well, that, again, I was, I was, I was going to get there because justice and revenge have a very um, unique relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. They're very intertwined. And um, and I think the only thing that separates them is the narcissism. And so justice can be very self-centered and narcissistic and and turn into revenge. Um a much healthier path that I took with that individual was um letting go of all, all of my anger and need for justice and revenge and let just let the human experience play out and um it, it 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 is cliched but um what goes around comes around it more often than not turns out to be true it's proven true to me and um i just tried my best to behave like a good father and a good friend and a good neighbor and a good role model um and and, and a good spouse uh, and even a good ex-spouse. And um, and I can now sit back and look and and feel quite confident that because I did not take justice or revenge into my own hands, it took its natural course and played out in the healthiest way possible. And so I think justice is a huge topic. And I think that it is tied at the hip with revenge. And I think it's also tied at the hip with narcissism. And so 
um, when we talk about justice, we have, I really think we need to approach it from those angles because there's a lot of things that demand justice um, culturally. There's a lot of things that demand justice personally. There's a lot of things that demand justice in a group setting, but it's it's all different. And and I don't think it's one like overarching topic. I just think that it's 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 a it's a unique ju- justice slash revenge is a is a huge aspect of the human experience. And and a lot of us get caught up in it. Mm-hmm. And man, I I I can I can get thinking on a topic. And I can fall into that hole. Oh, I want, oh, I want, I want just, I want revenge. I want justice. I want all that. And it's, and it just, but you, you know, the feeling, you know, when you get like that and it's not a healthy feeling, it's not a loving feeling. It's not a positive feeling. And, um, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's something I need to, I I just think as a, as a topic, as a whole, we need to be careful of because it is also very emotion driven. And um, and that emotional aspect of it just needs to be recognized and we need to approach it with with caution, because I've heard I have heard people that I otherwise normally respect as like logical, normal thinking, respectful fellow adult human beings. Like something will come out of their pie hole, like well, that person needs to be put in jail for that. And it's like. Mm, you're talking about throwing somebody in a cage mm-hmm. and who's throwing them in the cage and who, who, who owns the cage yeah. and, and, and all that stuff. It's like, you know what I mean? Like they might blurt that out there as like justice, you know, but yeah. it's like, that's, it's not, it, it's revenge. Or it's narcissism. Well, and, you know, and there is, there is that, um, the whole revenge versus justice thing, I guess Brady couldn't figure out how to get his microphone working or something. Um, Okay. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, I'm I because you know, a lot of people scream want to scream for justice. I mean, that's the latest thing. We love we have social justice. You know that wonderful new phrase that we have to put up with that means that we're going to give everything to everybody else to make it right, except for my stuff. Yeah, and and, and, and who's administering the justice? Well, that's yeah. kind of where I like to like to kind of start that conversation. Who administers the justice? Is it is it you? Is it me? Is it someone else? And, well, and I mean, who? That, that's an interesting discussion that, you know, the book talks a little bit, doesn't talk about necessarily. And I'm just kind of curious in an agoristic society. I understand, you know, because you're talking, agorism just means an open place, right? I mean, that's the, from the Greek agora. Agora, yeah. It yeah. was actually coined by Samuel Konkin in the uh, 70s. And I yeah. read that. I read that. So yeah. I don't know, the rest yeah. of our audience is familiar with it. But um, you yeah, know, yeah. and he was actually libertarian movement. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of the father of the whole libertarian. Yeah. And and again, it's based on in, uh, some of the writings of uh, uh, von Mises. Yes. Um, and uh, which is, by the way, you know, that's a book I'm going to start reading and we'll probably talk about on this show. I just I just downloaded it. But um you know, it's a, uh, and that's so that's an interesting thing in an agoristic society where you're trying to avoid having authority, where you're trying to. Well, have- no, 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 not trying to avoid authority, trying to avoid authority by declaration. If I okay. consent to an authority and that's that's where I think people and, and, and maybe um, maybe our first caller didn't quite understand my nuance to this is I'm not against authority. I'm against authority by declaration you know for me to just come in and say i'm, I'm over you. yeah i'm in charge no no not so much but 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 it, but if you if, if we if you and me and a bunch of other people let's just say we buy you know i think she used the you know the analogy of like living on some sort of like commune or whatever let's just say we bought a bunch of land and we we uh, we, we set up and we organized there and, and we said look to live in this society here are the rules and we'll vote on them and we'll, 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 we consent to them. And there might be one or two people that go, you know what, I don't really consent to that stuff. And then it would be up to us as that society to go, well, you can still coexist with us, but we're going by these rules. Right. Or you acquiesce to play by the rules. Yeah, or, you yeah. or, or you leave. And, 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 and that's, a, that's fair. It's like you, you chose to be, ultimately, we all chose to be there. 
And if you're, and, and, and if we organize in such a way that somebody doesn't agree with it, they have the choice to leave. And, and that, that is, that is fair. And I think that in a, in, in, in essence is what an agoristic society looks like is we, it's not against authority. It's against just self-declared authority. And, and you know, if, if again, if a hundred people all agree, okay, this is how we're going to do things. And, you know, we, you know, you know, Gregor's the authority, <laughs> then, and then, then, then we've agreed to it. We've consented to it. And that's different. Gregor being my authority that I consented to is different than Gregor declaring he's my authority and trying to make me do things that I didn't consent to. Right. And one more thing I wanted to get to, because we are kind of running out of time and I'm going to, we're going to go over one o'clock, but um, I mean, uh, two o'clock Pacific time. Um, one of the things I wanted to get into is the word that's used throughout the book and sovereignty. Yes. And I, you know, one of the things I've been pounding, preaching, espousing on this podcast is the concept of sovereignty. We spent the first 15 episodes, now well, the first 12 episodes going over the 19, the 1791 bill of rights, the first 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I kept coming back to is how each one of these established the fact that in this country for the first time, there's a book called the 5,000 year leap, which talks about this quite well, that for the first time in history, sovereignty was not given to a high priest or to some sort of higher office king. The presidency does not have sovereignty over us according to the constitution. We are individuals, we give them a certain amount of authority to function based on the constitution, which has long since been abused and taken over, and I acknowledge that. But um, how does sovereignty work? Um, you know, what is sovereignty to you and, and why is so, it, no, maybe yeah. so, here's a question. What is sovereignty to you and why is it important? And then we'll close. Well, well, first of all, I don't think sovereignty, sovereignty can be given. Sovereignty just is. Mm-hmm. We are sovereign. I mean, my, my, you know, my dogs are sovereign. You know, my, my, you know, the, the plants or the trees out there, I think sovereignty just is. And I think sovereignty is something the, the, I think the only human um, movement that we can do against sovereignty is to exercise it. We can exercise our sovereignty. And I, that's the essence of why I'm attracted to um, agorism is, is that's, that's what it's all about is. I am sovereign. I am sovereign. And I will join the island of Gregor and I will consent to Gregor being the, the authority, but I'll do it under my terms. And if and if the island of Gregor and Gregor's rule doesn't suit my needs, then I know I have the option to leave. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just that um, I think it's kind of the way that most of us might run their homes is you are welcome in and you are welcome to leave. Um, but it's, you know, you know, you know what I mean? It, it's like there, 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 there's, there's an open front door and there's an open back door mm-hmm. and, and, and it just, it just has to be, but it's all consent driven. And so sovereignty to me is kind of the starting point where we all, we all start at, we, we are already sovereign. Um, uh, and I th- one of the annoying things about that term is I think most people know that term through the term sovereign citizen, which is an ac- oxymoron. You can't be sovereign and a citizen at the same time because a citizen is a commercial term. And if you were identifying yourself via a commercial term, you're certainly not sovereign. So um, and that's pro tip. That's how a lot of um, policemen will trip you up. Um, if you identify yourself as a sovereign citizen, you are identifying yourself as someone that doesn't know what you're talking about. You are the equivalent of someone walking into a firearm store and going, show me your assault rifle section. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it's like you had immediately identify yourself as someone that doesn't know what they're talking about, about firearms. So, um, yeah, so, so sovereignty, sovereignty to me is just it's kind of an absolute. You know, it's, 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 it, there's no gray area there. We are all sovereign. Every, everything, everything that is alive is, is sovereign until somebody comes along and says that it's not. And um, that is, that is, isn't that the eternal fork in the road slash challenge slash battle? Yeah. 
Well, that's a great, that's, we're going to stop right there. That's perfect. And thank you, John, for coming to the Liberty Mindset. Absolutely, buddy. Taking, uh, taking the red pill to be, to be terrifying and rewarding experience. In reading the book, much of it is re, uh, resonated not only as true, but necessary for my freedom. The people running the game on ter- and, or the vending machine, as it's often referred to in the book, count on our lack of attention. One quote from the book, which is one of my favorite authors of all time, Sung Tzu, the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. We can also subdue the enemy without fighting simply by exercising our sovereignty without violence, by, see, by simply seizing our autonomy and becoming ungovernable. You can be the change. Check the links in the description for some free bonus material from the Red Pill Revolution website. And as always, seek the truth and stay curious.